Hello there, this is Ed McCarty. Welcome to Hoofing It Podcast with everything horses and livestock. Hey everyone, this is Melissa with Hoofing It Podcast. And today we're with Rob Karnacki, and he's going to tell us about his adventure that he had recently. Um, and Robert, what was the name of the place that you went? Well, we were in the Navajo Reservation in northeastern Arizona and operating out of a town called Chinley, Arizona. Yes, and so tell us all about this adventure, and, and Jan and I will be right here to ask questions. Okay, well, it got started years ago when I met these folks from Santa Fe, and there was a fox hunt down there called Casaladrone. It still is. And I met these people because some years ago, I and another lady, Susan Gentry from Cloudline Hounds down in near Celeste, Texas, were asked to judge what turned out to be the West last Western Hunt Challenge, which was having two judges go in and evaluate fun of I and see how hounds did for these respective fox hunts throughout the uh, middle and then Western United States. And uh, incident to that, I got to be good friends from two gentlemen uh, and their wives from Casaladrone and in uh, Santa Fe, and over the years, oh, I got a lot of opportunities. You know, they took me on an elk hunt in northern New Mexico, and then uh, Mr. Patton, uh, Richard Patton, said, hey, why don't you come down, and we'll show you an experience that's above the bell curve in fox hunting, which is chasing coyotes with, with fox hounds. I said, sure. So Kathy and I drove from uh, western Missouri, just around Leavenworth, Kansas, north of Kansas City, and it was about, I guess it's about 800 miles down to Santa Fe. And the town where Mr. Patton actually lives is called Galisteo. And I think it was started about 1518 by the Spanish. So it's been there for a while. And every time I would go there over the years, I'd almost break into my John Wayne accent. All right, Bill. Because that's where so many of these movies were filmed. To include, <laughs> let's see, uh, Silverado, which wasn't a Wayne movie. But the Cowboys and uh, Lonesome Dove, I mean, it is it is West-West in terms of looking like it and everybody acting like they're Westerners. So in any event, we drove to Galisteo, and then he said, you don't need horses because we're going to give you horses. And we're going to trailer those horses down to Chinley, and I hope I pronounced that right, Arizona, where we're going to meet our Navajo guides, and we're going to ride on the reservation. I said, what kind of horses are we getting? He said, well... These are horses we bought, and we'd like you to, you and your wife to tell us if you think they're adequate to become staff horses for our fox hunts. I said, yeah, sure, that's great. great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we hauled down to Chinle, New Mexico, and the next morning we met our Navajo guides, and my Navajo guide was with about six of us. He and I immediately bonded. He was wearing a Pittsburgh Steelers hat. Oh. And I said, you know, I was originally from Erie, Pennsylvania. That's about 125 north of Pittsburgh. And I've always been a fan, especially since the days of the Pittsburgh Steel Curtain. So we became brothers. Oh. And uh, just a cool guy. His name was Joe. His last name escapes me. But we had a great ride. The first ride, the first day's ride, had nothing to do with Fox any. It was a ride with the Navajo Guides through Canyon Deshaies. And Canyon de Chez was truly the Navajo inner sanctum. And the Navajos, oh, 100 years or better ago, going back to probably the 1500s, they probably rivaled Comanches in terms of raiding. And, uh, you know, they would ride miles and miles after a raid and hide out in Canyon de Chez. And when you enter this canyon on horseback, oh, it's probably 100 yards wide, and the walls are maybe starting at about 6 feet, the vertical going up to 12 feet. 
And the farther you go, the higher the walls get to maybe a height of a vertical thousand feet. And it's, it's kind of an amazing feature because if you were on top of this looking across the countryside from, you know, the ground level up there, everything about Canyon de Chez is sub-level. It's not, you know, it's not something you ride into, it, but it's all below the ground features. And so we rode in there about 12 miles looking at, you know, beautiful terrain features and canyons and sub-canyons and cuts and we ended up at a place where the, the Navajo folks met us with a great lunch. They had all kinds of bread, stuff that I don't even know what it was, but I know it was great. It was scrumptious stuff to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we got on horses a little heavier and then and then came out of Canyon to Shea. Just, just a wonderful ride. And the horses that Kathy and I had, these two potential staff horses, mine was, mine was a hero. Oh. Kathy, (laughs) well, kind of. Kathy's was great too, as long as she was riding in my hip pocket. If I move, if I moved off to try to get a picture of her, you could hear the screams reverberate against the walls. (laughs) Those were actually Kathy's screams. All the (laughs) horses, the horse, the horse bounced around. Oh my goodness! So our evaluation, I said, subsequent. You know, this is more of a a horse to be ridden in the field. I don't think it's going to do very well riding off and you know to the left and right limits as you'd expect a horse like that in the coyote chasing business to do mm-hmm. so that was the end of the, the first day and the beginning of the second got up at the crack of dawn and we prepared to go actually chasing coyotes through the, the navajo reservation a little bit farther west of canyon de Shea, navajo reservation and quite a few miles still east of uh, Monument Valley, which is also in the Navajo Reservation. If you've ever seen a Western movie, chances are there's some outtakes of those grand uh, rock formations in Monument Valley. I think of John Wayne's picture, The Searchers, and a lot of that was filmed out there. Oh, wow. What the what the leader of the of the fox hunt, one of the leaders, because Patton was the other one, and uh, Brian Gonzalez, he said. Hope you don't mind, but how about taking my son, who was, I think, what, maybe eight years old at the time? So how about taking him with a slower, you know, kind of beginning riding group and see if you can't, you know, keep him from getting hurt? I said, okay, I'll do my best. Hey, Melissa, let's take a quick break. Thank you for joining us today. Our podcast is sponsored by Better Equine and Clinch Realty with Janet Turney. And And now now we're back. And are you on the same two horses during this? We are. Okay. We are. I, you know, and Kathy was okay because she was in the faster group and she was in a group, so it didn't really problem. As long as that horse had some buds to, to bond with, he was quite fine. His issue was getting away from other horses. Mm-hmm. So we started off, and the first thing that Andres, who was uh, Brian's son, told me, he said, you know, Rob, I've never cantered. <laughs> I said, okay, we're in this enormous country. And I said, well, I tell you, you stay right next to me. And I said, we'll, we'll put that in the done box by the end of this house, end of this hunt. And I said, what we're going to do is if we canter, we're going to canter up steep hills. So you have a little more breaks in the event that, you know, your horse uh, wants to take off as opposed to cantering downhill. So we did that. We were out for probably, I don't know, three and a half hours. We had a great ride. Everybody enjoyed themselves. And we rode off to the flank of the huntsman and the hounds and behind him following that group of probably 40 or 50 people. 
And the benefit to us was we didn't follow immediately behind the hounds. And we saw the coyote in front of the, the hounds. And we also saw that coyote do a 180 in one terrain feature between the group that's riding with Kathy and me and the, the kids and some other beginning riders was kind of a defile. And that coyote did a 180 and came down in the opposite direction of where they were heading the, the larger group. And they never saw him. The hounds never picked up that scent. They lost it. They went on. We were the only people to, to see the coyote. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, so we had some We had some good. Everybody had a great time. And uh, I tell you, that's probably, those two days are probably the most enjoyable I've ever spent on a horse with one exception. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the other exception, I had an opportunity years ago. I was doing some army work with the British in London. And I got to go out to, uh, well, it's Camberley, used to be the British Staff College. And adjacent to Camberley was uh, Sandhurst, which is the British equivalent to our West Point Military Academy. And we wanted to take horses out, and uh, we were able to do that. And, you know, the corporal of the horse gave us these riding, uh, you know, just evaluations. And Kathy was, you know, asked, asked to go over some two, three-foot fences and then it came my turn. They asked me to go over some four-footers plus. I said, holy mackerel, I, we, we haven't heard of equity over here, I guess. <laughs> In any event, this all led to me being able to take out a horse whose name was Alpenstock. And Alpenstock didn't ever win the Grand National, but Alpenstock finished the Grand National. He was a Grand National horse. Wow. That's and I was cool. able. No, it was cool. And I was able to take him out cross-country over fences and i mean over some really remarkable stuff if you've ever seen a picture of beecher's brook for example in the british grand national i mean i could get over that thing with a helicopter maybe oh wow so helping stock was a great horse i won't tell you that i didn't get dumped because i did you know and i'm trying to control this horse and give you know you know collect him right mm -hmm. and he's been over things like beecher's brook and that whole grand national course i made a mistake i hit the ground and uh okay i recovered the horse and all fun thereafter Did, were you able to ride after like, oh yeah we had i just got a little i just got a little of the soil on my right knee as i recall oh, <laughs> and a you little know, the bruise old, on the old pride right yeah, a bruise on the old pride but <laughs> but the old cliche that i found to be true is you ride, you fall. That's right. Now, ho hopefully you try to keep them, you know, very infrequent. But, uh, you know, if you haven't had a trip to an unscheduled trip to the ground on a horse, I'd say you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. That's true. So those were our off. two. <laughs> well, that I think that's cool. That's a great What's story. It? What they're trying to do on a castle of drone out of Santa Fe is get permission for the next trip to go out and actually run hounds chase uh coyotes in uh monument valley and that hasn't happened yet but that would be a that would be a remarkable and the other thing that was remarkable in canyon de shea there's all these anasazi ruins these things that i would mm -hmm. call pueblos or whatever yes that's and, what i was trying to think of pueblos yeah and this and this people the anasazi people just mysteriously disappeared in about the mid 1400s and i asked my navajo uh, they just vanished, and they still don't know why. Maybe there was maybe there was drought, maybe there was famine. They just had to go elsewhere, but nobody seems to know the reason. And I asked my Navajo guide, you know, the Pittsburgh Steeler guy, Joe, 
I said, well, do you ever walk around, you know, climb up there? Because there's quite a climb to get to those things. Well, I, I said, no. Pictures. That's way up there. <laughs> he said, we don't do that. He said, that's bad juju. You know, oh. we don't we don't mess we don't mess with that old Anasazi stuff. So I said, oh, I understand. I understand. Well, did they have like ladders? That, those old remember those? Did they have you know, ladders that come down to the ground? I think it's I think at some point up there they did, but in many cases there were handholds. You know, to go all the way to the top of the canyon. Other places were very narrow paths that I guess could be easily defended given their narrowness. Mm. Now, we didn't tell our Navajo brethren and sistren that uh, Kathy's great, great, maybe one more great or less, grand uncle through marriage was a famous frontiersman, Indian scout, and army officer by the name of Colonel Kit Carson. No way. And, Seriously. You know, uh, unbelievable. Oh and Carson in, and Carson in 1864 found a way to come down a very, very steep trail with a cavalry unit. And he actually had a battle against the Navajo in the inner sanctum of uh, Canyon de Chez, subjugated them, which at least brought them to the table. And that was the end of uh, Navajo warring in the Southwest. We didn't mention that. We figured that would just be a little yeah, quiet about that. Up. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my Fun word! Stuff. That is amazing. Cat In fact, there's a there's, cool. there's a little cemetery not far from the house where a great great grand what what would she be, Kathy? A grand aunt, but her name was what Mary Carson. And, and it's, a, it's in a cemetery so old that if you were to go past it, you wouldn't even road, realize that the road that went into this old cemetery was a cemetery because it looks like it goes to a private house. But some of the Carson graves are there. And in fact, the headstones are so old that with much difficulty can you make out names on them. So, you know, they've been so eroded over the last, I don't know, 160 or so years. Wow. So. Wow. Cool. Close to home, I guess. I guess Lots so. It is a lot wow. of history. And I we have your pictures, so we're going to share these with our audience. When we announce that this is uploaded, we'll make sure that everybody gets those. Those pictures are amazing, so I can't wait to share them. Did you take Thank the you. pictures yourself? I did. Well, you did I a did. good job. Got some photography yeah. under your belt then, huh? Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, you know, trying to, you know, trying to manage the horse, take pictures, all I keep the camera from falling on the ground. <laughs> it's a, a balancing act. <laughs> well, I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Um, Rob and Kathy, you guys, I swear you, you guys are just so life. interesting and fun. Well, yeah. You have a fun life. Yes, and we just have to live through you. We're glad to well, you have to, you you share have to it with others, so yeah. we can share it with everybody now too. So you have to talk to Kathy again because the year before the Ireland trip, she took my two girls, our two girls, twin girls, army officers, and an all expense paid trip to Iceland. That all expense. Yeah, did oh, you talked about Iceland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we talked. Oh. yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, Equifest. At the Equifest. Oh. It was awesome. Oh, that's right. I yeah, forget. When you get old, you can forget. Yeah, we don't worry about that stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you and sharing your stories. We'll have you back. Yeah, we look forward to talking with you again. So, thank Our you. pleasure. Thank you. Subscribe with us to follow our podcast and please provide a review. We appreciate your positive feedback, which enables us to provide our free podcast to you. You can find links to the website at ehalnews.com.
Music provided by Ed Mahan. Copyrights by Everything Horses and Livestock.